kind of rock and rolly. Yeah. So. Hey, everybody. This is uh, episode five of Podcast Nonsense. Thanks for joining us. I've got uh, Jason Meyer here. Hello, everybody. From work. Jason is a, uh, an animation supervisor at Nickelodeon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I do other things, too. And uh, he's also I, like a comedian. I say a comedian. Yeah. I mean, uh, non, non-professional. Uh-huh. But uh, I've been uh, I've done improv for eight or nine years. That's so, pretty good. What's 05? 05? With the Groundlings, right? Uh, started at the Groundlings and then uh, went over to I.O. West. I.O. West. So I started um, the Groundlings, I guess, maybe late 04 or 05. I think 05. Because I like just started back at Nickelodeon. And... Uh, yeah, started doing these like fun shots. I went and saw one Groundling show, and then I was like, "Oh, you can do this! Like, this is amazing." That's cool. And then was like, "Oh, I'll take some classes and, you know, learn how to be a radio station when they point at you and yeah, whatever." For sure. And, for and, sure. and then yeah, you know, doing scenes and stuff like that. And then I got hooked. What is the like? What is the Groundlings? And you said IOS. Like, I don't know the difference. I know UCB, Upright Citizens mm-hmm. Brigade, but yeah. I know there are a couple of them out here. Um. I think, I mean, IO, well, Groundlings, uh, I believe just started in LA. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not wrong on that. But that's where, like, Pat Morita and uh, uh, Paul Rubens and uh, Will Ferrell and all, like, you know. Paul Rubens, he, like Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. So he, really? started, he started Pee Wee at the Groundlings. Ah. Um, and Lisa Kudrow and all, you know, all these people. So it became like the breeding ground for Saturday Night Live. Okay. Like, so, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a school and then they do shows there and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was great getting my start there. Um, but I, I didn't go incredibly far cause I realized at a certain point, like I'm not going to be a ground lead. <laughs> yeah. Like you have, it's this, like you have to go big, like really big, broad characters. Okay. And I just wasn't like, I, I like doing that stuff, but I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like fighting or like fighting my way into that club. Yeah. How do you, I mean, when do they expect you to do that? Like, how long do you take classes and stuff before they're like, where's your character, dude? Um, <laughs> they, well, you start, like I did these, like, they were called fun shops. Which is like the worst <laughs> name, like a workshop. Could, but yeah, but it's like don't call them fun. <laughs> just like call it improv 101 or something. Like it makes it sound like at least it's college yeah. instead of fun shop, where right, it's right. just like a dentist or anybody could just come in and do improv. Um, sorry, Gremlins, if you're listening, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and then you you have to audition to do like level one. So basically, like if you can like speak and maybe make somebody smile. Like, you can go to level one. And then you, like, work on, I guess, like, in there, you kind of work on some characters. You work on, like, some basic scene work and stuff like that. And, like, um, and then level two, you start developing characters, actually, like, writing for specific characters. And, uh, And then you have to come up with, like, five characters, three to five characters, that at the end of it, you audition again to be in the writing lab. Where the writing lab at the time, uh, 07, 08. That's pretty like that. gnarly. If you come gnarly. up with like five characters, like, right? Yeah. So, so crazy. then you have to do this thing. It's called like five through the door. Uh-huh. So it's like <clears throat> uh, you're by yourself on stage, and 
you come out as like one character and you're this guy and you're going you know whatever like mm-hmm. basically like a monologue or whatever and then you go behind the flat and you come back out as a complete other character you know and like do that guy and if they like your characters enough they pass you okay so then you go to like do the, they can you get to like character three and you get the thumbs down no they don't do that they don't <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it, yeah it's not <clears throat> it's not that immediate um although i think it would be better if it was it's just like you come out and you're all does there my aunt bleh? and they're all no <laughs> no I don't think so. Not today. Well, it's like, I don't think I've ever seen Lisa Kudrow, like, do another character. Uh, <laughs> Besides Lisa Kudrow. But, but I, think that, I think that's kind of the, the brilliance of some of those people is that they are so good at being the one character mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, you're fine. Okay. You know? Okay. Like, I, I just, I don't feel, I didn't, like, tune my mind to that. Right, I, like, right. had, I had more, like, kind of subtle characters and then whatever, then like I, I, I was on a waiting list for like a year almost to go from, because like our, after our level two, like everybody did their characters, our teacher just came and said, you, I don't need to talk to all of you. You all passed. So it was like, oh, okay, well, this wasn't so hard. But then like, and then it's like, cool, you graduated to a waiting list. Right. And I was right, like, right. well, I don't have, I want to keep going. And then I went over to IO and took, you know, started their level one or started their program. And it was such a better community. I mean, it's such a great community of people. I've met so many people and, like, got on teams immediately, started doing shows. Sometimes mm. I would do – like, I was just, like, you know, I would take sometimes three to four classes at a time, maybe even cl- – like, a class. I would, I would take a class, sit in on a class, and then take a workshop or two because I was just so nuts about it. Yeah. And I would do a show sometimes – Friday and Saturday, or Sunday even, I would do three to four shows a night, just running up and down. There's like three theaters there, and I would like run from the main stage to the Dick Box, the Andy Dick Box, because mm-hmm. it's called the Dick Box. I don't think it's called the Dick Box anymore. But uh, and then there's like a loft, there's like a little upstairs thing. So I was running all back and forth, doing all kinds of terrible shows, but like learning about it, and it was I don't know, it was such a great experience. That's fun too. I mean, you leave you leave the night, you feel accomplished. You've been running around. Oh yeah, you know, you feel nuts. I mean, it's yeah, it was super fun. And then, uh, and then I did that for a while, and then like got a call from the Groundlings. It's like getting a call from like your kind of like weird ex girlfriend yeah. that was like fun, but <laughs> and you're like oh, I've kind of moved on, but eh, let's do this again. So I got a call to go back to the writing lab and that was intense that was the most intense because i was working at the same time like working on tack and the power of juju yeah and uh you basically had to uh you started out writing monologues and um and then like so that's fine because you're just dealing with yourself and then you have to start you improvise a scene and then the week after, you write the sketch based on your improv. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just they help you distill down whatever your improv was, and then go, okay, well now, now go write this. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, sort of SNLy. I'm sure they do a bunch of different methods, but pardon me. Um, so you had to, so if you imagine having three to four sketches going all on all at the same time with all different people. And they're all in different stages of rewrites. Mm-hmm. 
you have to start scheduling time with all of those people. Right. So there'd be times where like, oh, I got to run over to this person's house at seven because they have 15 minutes yeah. before these other people show up so we can rewrite. And then I got to go back home to meet these other people who are coming over and we're rewriting. And then like at lunch, you know, so-and-so is coming over for a half an hour and we have to rewrite. And it's, it was insane. And then you got to put on a show. Right, right. <laughs> like at the end of it. And you don't know, it's like the SNL thing where the, you don't know what sketches you're doing on Saturday. You have a dress rehearsal on Friday. You don't know what you're doing until Saturday. Well, for us, the show was Sunday, so you don't know what you're doing. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. Right. So, I don't know. It was insane. That's crazy. I mean, that was my question is how long, like, how long are you writing these three was, sketches across a week? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, there sometimes you would be like, okay, like these three sketches are the ones I like these other three. No, uh, go rewrite these three knowing that maybe one of them will survive. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then on Saturday, even when you pitch the sketches, he was, the teacher was still rewriting them or like adding stuff. Yeah. And I mean, and rightfully so, because you don't know what can pop, into your head when you do them you know it's like um we had this sketch where it was these two people it was kind of it was more of a subdued kind of sketch where i don't know i'm gonna totally blow the ending of it that, that it matters but um yeah like people are you gonna, guys, get, yeah, people you are gonna guys, see a show from from four years yeah, ago yeah, no it's, <laughs> i was like six years ago seven years ago uh the lobster fest um show <clears throat> no but like I red lobster well, we just came up with a dumb name <laughs> for our kidding. show. I wish I wish we had did shows at Red Lobster. Uh, it would make the meal go go down much better. Um, yeah, and so I don't know, whatever. It, it it was insane, and that and uh, and then from that, I got um, I got the call. You know, and so like I think I can't remember if it was that night you actually got a call if you move on to advanced. Or you're done, and you have to go back to start. No I, shit, they make <clears throat> you reset. I think, so. yeah, I, I, I didn't fight it enough. Uh, well, I'm giving away the ending of the story. I didn't make it, but, <laughs> but <clears throat> um, did they tell you why? Yeah, um, I. My thing was I didn't have a wide enough range of characters, oh. like w- between my sketches and my monologue, I had to do, and I'm like, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I basically didn't go. Like so, what? these things that you're writing have to have nothing to do with like the set of like three to five characters that you had to come up no, with. No, nothing to do with them. So they're totally di- so you All basically different. have to come up with like you're coming up with three scenes. And if I was wiser, um, like because they would tell they would they would tell you like okay, do an impression or do a monologue based on somebody in your family. And I'm like okay, literal. Mm. I'm like literally okay. So I'll do. Uh, a monologue from my uh, my mom's sister's hyper religious husband, who like tried to like fuck me and my brother out of the will. This is a true story. So like tried to fuck <laughs> me and my brother out of my grandparents' will, and I'm like, okay, I'll do that religious motherfucker because he was like this guy who would always go greetings and salutations and like all this like fan fairy. <laughs> fat Christian blah 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 you know <laughs> and I'm like oh that guy's whatever but like I it's shouldn't have done like I should yeah but like it's not I didn't 
I didn't understand. <clears throat> I didn't understand. It sounds like I'm crying. If you didn't no. see me, I'm like, is that guy crying? He's laughing. No. He's laughing. No, I'm not crying. <laughs> Far from it. Uh, uh, we're both like dosed on coffee too, so we're both uh, yeah, no, like a hundred miles. <laughs> I just had my double espresso uh, and uh, burrito. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, if I if I would have known better, I would have tried to like, you know, Phil Hartmanize the character or Will Ferrellize the character. Um, I mean, those guys are geniuses, but, but you what's know, that like, mean, what's that mean? That means like... like finding like a specific game of a character, right? So a game is like, uh, like a character trait that's repeatable, you know, or, right, or right, like, right. like something where you could like, you find the joke in the character, right? The it's like the, an, the anal retentive you. chef for Phil Hartman mm-hmm. is, is beautiful. Have you seen that sketch? Oh yeah. 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 Where yeah. he's just like, he is not going to teach you about cooking. He's going to teach you how to like fastidiously clean up right after the you know and it's just it's just such a clear idea yeah. it's such a clear game and like you know Wee herman it's like it's a man child you yeah. know and and everything is filtered through this this man child kind of thing but so i but i could have picked any character like some of the characters i love do or voices i love doing i could have just done that and just said yeah it's my uncle what do you know yeah, <laughs> but I didn't do that. I did like, I I don't know. I took it to I I wasn't like broad enough. I don't know. Whatever regrets. Yeah. But I was like, if you it, you know, what's the learning I'm glad, experience? I'm glad I got. Yeah, yeah I'm glad I got my. Now. I'm glad I got the experience I did there. But also, fi- <laughs> fiscally speaking, from their point of view, like you could have got another five hundred and fifty dollars out of me. And put me on for twelve more weeks in the advanced program, and just give me the note. Hey, man, you know, if you do this some yeah. more, come up, you know, just work on your characters. I'm like, yeah, you're not putting me in the room with Lorne Michaels, like, right? You're, you know, it's just like you can move on. You're good enough to move on, but work on this, and I would be fine. But not like, sorry, you can't move on. You just didn't show enough range of characters back there. Yeah, you know, you're like, well, I guess that's all I got then. No, I, don't, I mean, whatever. What happens if you go back through the process and you rehash some of the old stuff? Do they fault you for that? Or do they... I don't even think they, they care that much. Are you with a different guy or is it the same guy? I think, you're is... with a di- I think you're with different people. It's all kind of like luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. Like my teacher, writing teacher Tim Bagley, uh, he was on like Will and Grace and he was like mm-hmm. the doctor and knocked up and stuff. And, and like I grew to appreciate what he had to offer. At first I was like confused as all hell like – you know, I don't know. <clears throat> it, it's like, be specific. Don't ask questions. Blah, and you're like, ah, oh, these rules. Like, yeah. And when you look at a sketch or you look at a movie or anything, there's questions all over the place. Mm-hmm. But like a question, a question is you can have a loaded question. Like, you know, if I, if you and I were on stage together in an improv scene and there's a difference between if you're, if you're holding the newspaper <clears throat> and I go up behind you and go, whoa, 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 what are you, what are you reading? Yeah. It's like, okay, asshole, you don't, you clearly don't know yeah. anything. Yeah. But if I'm like, if you're reading a newspaper and I'm like, who do you hate more? Well, like, you, this you, group you, of people, <laughs> this group of people, you know, well, like. wait, well, I mean, I, well, you could say, you could say like, you know, Hey, I know you're just trying to escape. Mom dying, or, or like, why? Why are you reading the right, paper? Right. Why? The, why are you yes reading and. the paper? Yeah. Why the are you reading the, the paper? Yes. Well, it's also like, 
Like, why are you reading the paper while mom's in the other room bleeding? You know, right, it's right. like, okay, now we just said mom's in the other room bleeding yeah. and you're ignoring it. And yeah. I just laid, then you're clearly dad. I'm clear. Like there's so much yeah. information in there, but I don't know. It, it's, that's what I see at you. Whenever I go, whenever a friend does like UCB, we go see the friends UCB show. And, um, they always start with, there's always one guy on stage that's like famous. <laughs> like you've seen him on like the league or something like that. Right. And then there are like, there's somebody that's doing that. That somebody gets on stage, somebody takes the lead because they have to, because it's kind of their turn, and the second person steps up and, like, starts the scenario the way you just talked about. Yeah. And then there's always, like, one out of the five people, inevitably, like, it's their turn, and they step up, and they're just kind of like, a body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do we do with this body? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're definitely – I took a few classes at UCB, and I liked it. For the most part, but it just, it's a thing. It's like, uh, I, I want to be invited to the club. I don't really want to just, I don't, I don't want to like beg to be in the club. Mm -hmm. Like same way at IO. Like I love, I love it there, but like there's a certain type of person that's like, I want to be like in the inn mm -hmm. at these places. And you always do. I mean, anywhere, any, Thing you do that you love and you're passionate about you want to but like you know there's there's a point where you're like well i don't know i just have a life and i and i work and i yeah and i don't need i mean i mean i was like i was i was proud to be on uh my goal was to be on a, a house team at io and i was on a team called the cartel for three years and i loved it but as soon as it it like as soon as it got like not that fun. Like I wasn't looking forward to going to rehearsals. I wasn't stoked about like 60% of the shows. I mean, even 40% of like a success rate is great in improv. It's usually about a 10% rate yeah, yeah. of like stuff that works where you walk away and you're just like, what the hell was that? That was such a fun, crazy show. And we have, you have no explanation for it. And you just come out of this fog. Right. And, right. But it, you just know you were in this like perfect wind tunnel of of like energy and the crowd was great everybody was on everybody was like participating no one was thinking about their shitty day mm -hmm. and what they were going through i mean that <clears throat> that's that's where you want to be hopefully always but when it's not that for like quite a long time you're like oh man i don't know if i can yeah, I'll just take all the experience and just put it in my suitcases. And how long do you go before you say this? This isn't going to get more uh, fun. <laughs> it's like a year and a half. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, because you don't want to quit anything. You don't, you know, you don't want to. But um, I still do shows every once in a while with a, a friend of mine, Katie Ward. Mm -hmm. You know, we uh, we do. I love doing like small two person, three person things because that way you're you're always engaged. Mm -hmm. When you have like nine people on stage, it's hard to share the focus. It's hard, you know, it's hard for nine people to get together to do anything correctly. Yeah. Much less try to put on a comedy show. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, you know, I, I appreciate it still. Maybe it'll be a day where I get back into it, but um, I don't know. I, I, I'm content with, with what I learned and what I got out of it. 
and and how I apply it to my daily life. Yeah, it sounds pretty amazing. I mean, my sister just did uh, the UCB thing, and I got the manual. My dad went and saw the show and bought the manual. Oh, your sister went through a program she went Yeah, she went through UCB up in New York. Oh, oh, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so he got the manual, and then he showed me the manual, and I got the manual just because it's got, like, good good things for interaction and life in there, yeah. I think. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, conversationality and stuff. But, um, yeah, it seems to me like, the. I mean, you were talking about, like, three different grades of, like, uh, UCB sounds like it's a, like a, a class that you get a lot of like am- amateurs in, you oh, know, man. And yeah, it's a, it's and brutal. like AOS sounds like it was, it was more of like a college scenario, the way college is supposed to be. You go to classes, you have workshops, you have like yeah. labs, yeah, you know, and then you have shows and you're kind of running around doing it and it's what you put into it, you get out of it. But it sounds like the groundlings was like straight up a feeder system. Like that was straight up. Like you've already yeah. been through the crucible. This is this is you're we're gonna take you through the audition process. Right. You know because when like Kristen Wiig gets up there at uh like on Weekend Update, you know she's doing like the Jewish neighbor from next door. Right. You know. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and and like you know, I just listened to a podcast with <clears throat> Julia Sweeney. You know, she played Pat. Yeah. Back in the day, and you know she created Pat at the groundlings and she's like, that wasn't even one of her main characters. And then she developed it when she got on SNL. Like it was between her, Lisa Kudrow and, um, uh, redhead comedian blanking, um, Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin and, and Julia got it. Um, but, but you know, you can develop, I mean that, that is like a, it's an incubator for characters. And if you, I think if you stick with it, you're either going to get major commercial work, like the girl, like Flo from progressive. She, that Stephanie mm-hmm. Courtney, I used to watch her perform, uh, at, on the crazy uncle Joe show, which is like, their like kind of long form improv show on Wednesdays there. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I doubt she developed flow there, but you know, she's yeah, like, it's, it's like, Oh, you you're in the groundlings and you're in the main company. Well, it's probably like and super easy to do flow once you've <laughs> right, like right. put on an apron and <laughs> yeah, red, yeah, red yeah. lipstick. Yeah, they just wanted like a brand that's a person Ooh, that they yeah. you know you're gonna stick with it for like the, you know yeah, people right. running into you in the street. You can like do flow. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, do your flow impersonation. <laughs> Sell me insurance. Uh. uh but yeah, it's. I think if you stick with it, there's probably a big return on your investment. Yeah. And if you're if you're really like, you can you can stay in there. Um, I just I don't know. Uh, I would rather I don't, I don't know. I'd rather do it a different way. But well, it's know. hard to do that. You know what you're talking about is you're talking about people. You know, it'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if you were unemployed. You know, if you're unemployed and you were doing the groundlings, you could dedicate 24 hours a day to that thing. Right. You know, for months, then it sounds like, you know, if you've got six months free. Yeah. Or the system. I mean, yeah, it's you're you're constantly writing, rewriting. I mean, look, I mean, Melissa McCarthy, I believe she was a groundling. Mm -hmm. Her husband, Ben Falcone, groundling. And now it's hyper paid off, you know. So I don't know. But. You know, I mean, there's successful people that come out of I.O. and I.O. Chicago and Second City. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and UCB is kind of like the um, 
I don't know, like the punk rock. For, you know, not the punk rock. Oh, really? You know, yeah, they're, I mean, they're kind of like, they're a little more indie. That's the word. Yeah. Okay. A little more, they're like the, yeah. like the alt comedy, you know, uh-huh. like kind of folks. Um, and, uh, but I mean, but they have lines down the block for their shows. Yeah. And they don't even have a bar. Like, Io has a bar, but there's no line for their show. I mean, there's a right, line right, for right. The, a drink. Well, UCB's but, doing people like yeah. I see people from like the Kroll show on yeah, UCB. Yeah, I think the, well, the time. most of those yeah. are UCB people. Yeah, you know they do come, uh, a lot of shows there and stuff. So it seems like uh, the different feeder systems feed the different thing. You know, yeah. like if you're yeah. I, I mean, IO's more art. They're more the the art of improv. UCB is like like the the guts and the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. You know, where you know. You start out a scene, and like it's and you're the it's a it's a bunch of Nazi dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, how do you heighten Nazi dinosaurs? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> so like people think, oh, I just got to go big, and and like, and it's a you know, anti-Semitic fucking disco camp or whatever, yeah. and like that's the premise, and then and then you can see the minds of people work like, okay, this second beat, how do we heighten it? I do that. You know, it's like yeah. you're thinking about making the next choice. Whereas IO it's, I mean, there's a little, there's some of that they tell you, but really it's just like, just go and figure it out. Yeah. You're like, and I like that. I like not planning or, you know, whatever improv. It's, yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, well, a lot of people are like out there are into it, you know, and well, it's yeah. like, it's a really big thing. And... I mean, even a- actors take it. You know, yeah. I've, I've. I can't see improv not improving any human being that like goes into it. Yeah, I think you, as long as you're able to wipe away any fear that you're gonna look silly or be silly or I mean, I used to have like, like my very first IO show, my arms and legs went numb, and I and I realized later why, and it's because I was so worried about being funny. I was so worried about what I was gonna say, what I was gonna do, and. And all of that shit does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like you can't you can't plan for it. You know, it's like it's like do you? It's like it's like planning the conversation with somebody. You're like you you just can't know. Yeah. Every single beat and Dude, every we, single word of what we you're talk going about to say. this. We talk about this like every podcast so far. But I go through this. I go through two days of like I don't want to do it a before what? sitting a bef- podcast before sitting down with somebody. Oh. Because it's like your mind goes through all of the, I don't what know what we're going to talk about. Like, is this going to like fall dead? Nobody's going to listen. Why am I doing this? You know? And like, <laughs> like it's, um, before the first one, I kind of went into like a catatonic state, but like people are probably getting like tired of hearing this, but it's the same thing, you know? It's yeah. Just, like you can't up until this morning, I'm getting coffee this morning and I'm like, tra- I'm like, like my I'm bra- going to text him and take no, no, my, no, my brain is just <laughs> generating topics. In case there's like dead space. I thought of a joke I wanted to say um, that I I don't it, I'm gonna say it, but it, it's not gonna work. I wanted you to introduce me as the writer and creator of the slap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm I'm here with um, Jason Meyer. He's the writer. He's the creator of uh, the slap. <laughs> what is the slap like? I've, the, I've, uh, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't have. Listen, people. I don't have uh, cable. I don't watch TV. I watch Netflix. I saw the billboard and I thought it was like. Hollywood, up like a prank billboard. It's like a all these series. They're, bi- they're billing it as a miniseries. It's a miniseries. It's like an eight-part miniseries of like 
based it's on like, the premise, it's someone like, gets slapped. Is that what it <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah. Someone gets slapped. Right. But but then you like learn about all of these people through this slap. And is like, it, you, is you it you domestic learn... violence slap or is it no, like, like a, a teacher slaps a uh, kid or uh, is it like, uh, <laughs> um, what's his face? Zachary Quinto, um, Spock, Spock slaps a kid. Okay. Um, who's like swinging a bat at some other kids or something like that. So he like takes it upon himself to like run down these stairs in his backyard and like slap a kid, which like, I, I don't know. I don't think people just do that anymore. Like, it's not like like the slaps are like going around where it's like, well, people are what slapping ne- kids now. What network is it? Is it NBC? Uh, maybe. It's one of those. The networks decided that it was time to initiate a conversation about whether or not it's okay to slap your kid. Well, but then then you <laughs> you learn like, oh, this couple is they're, ha- they're like one of them's an adulterer, and this one's like right. blah, blah blah. So like you like, it, it's like a ripple. Yeah. Through all of these relationships. And it, I don't know, it looks weird. Did you ever see back in the, uh, this is like, nobody's ever going to know what I'm talking about, but there was a TV show called Gun that Gun? aired for like, no. there were like three episodes before they took it off the air, but it was the same, the same story. Like it was the same network. It... No, it was just like this gun has a life of its own. Oh, and, <laughs> and so it's, <laughs> you know, like somebody gets the gun and like a gun doesn't like sit in somebody's closet. It gets used. And then somebody gets rid of a gun and then or it goes to a pawn shop and then somebody else picks up the gun, you know, but like over the course of the life of the gun between its creation and its destruction, like how many people handle a gun and what does it do? How many people does it like? It sounds like a Stephen King, like cat's eye. Have you ever seen cat's eye? No. Where it's like, <laughs> you ever seen cat's eye? It's no. like these like, three stories that are like linked together through this cat. <laughs> this cat like finds his way in and out of like, um, these different stories. I think James Woods is in one. And there's like, it's like they, he tries to get his wife to quit smoking. So there's like, oh, it's great. Cat's Eye is awesome. And then it ends with, I think, uh, um, with, uh, you're going to write it down. Yeah, I'm going to write it down. Oh, yeah. Cat's Eye is great. It's got little old. Um, Gun, I think, had like uh, Daniel Stern. Is that his name? The, the, the From Home Alone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The skinny guy. The what skinny bandit. He was in the gun. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Mr. Stern, you're great in the gun. You were great, dude. You were great in the gun. You were great. In the voice of the Wonder Years. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I don't know. I don't know about the slap. I don't think I'm going to be watching. I, I want to watch one episode of it, but I don't know. It's It's like scary to me. What are they doing? Well, it's like, I think these, I, I feel like the act, like there, there's a lot of big name actors in it. I feel like they just want to work together, and they're like, I don't know, it's a slap, but I really admire. Is it? Is it like that? Or I don't know. I don't. I I think that's why. That's like some of those actors that get roped into doing animated movies, that like get done overseas in like India, or whatever, or wherever, and then they, they, you see them, and you're like, oh, that's what I did. (laughs) Like Like the crews, the crews, the crudes. Oh, crudes. Was that one done overseas? I don't no, know. No, that was done I here. I'm talking like the, the the Wizard of Oz, oh, like you're movie, or like, like 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 hoodwink, like Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah, like no, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, where it's like, all right, you're gonna be playing this um, starkeeper character, and he freezes ice, he throws, you know, whatever, and they're all Kelsey Grammer, whoever's like, that sounds great, and then they have no idea until like the very end that like, yeah. oh, this looks like it was animated 20 years ago. Yeah. 
but <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's but it's hard. Like for my like acting is hard, and getting a job is hard. So if you're like, hey, we got this network TV movie thing, and like we're not sure if it's called the hit or the well, somebody's pitched the slap, but we don't. And we're not sure if we're gonna go with that. And they're like, fine, we don't know what it's called. It used to be called the kick. Yeah. It used to be called, you know, hands on a baby. I don't, it yeah. used to be called whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, let's just do it. I get paid. I get to show up. There's Peter Skarsgård. Skarsgård. <laughs> and there's Uma Thurman's face. And like everybody. And then and then they, it's like fucking, oh, God, the slap. I don't know. Like, or the other, you know what? I believe in this. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'm. I'm on the wrong. Maybe side it'll be of the history. biggest thing on Maybe NBC. I'm, I'm on the wrong side of history on the slap. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Did you see the uh, what was it? The Thanksgiving or Christmas? Um. Peter Pan special. No. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I no. I don't live. I have a friend that has a theory that um because they did one of the I, was this the second or the third second one, one. they did the second one. The first one that they did, well, like was, oh, that was uh, was Peter Pan, and then they did another one. The the year before it, was it? Yeah, no, I didn't. Watch I think it. they did one the the year before it, and uh, I don't know if they took it seriously or not, but it like it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then it was like it was like the producers, you know, they found out that you could get a bigger audience by being terrible than. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's I mean come yeah. on, that's like everything, and, and it's just a net to pick people up that are like done with their families. You know, so you air it during the holidays and like you're turning the TV on and there's Christopher Walken as a pirate. Uh, I know. Yeah, I think it is one of Brian those things. Brian Williams' daughter flying around the stage. Yeah, I think I think that's such a I mean, you can't you can't make stuff in Hollywood and not know that that is a bet like that is a bet you can make yeah. that this is going to be so bad that. People are gonna pass it around like Sharknado. Yeah. Like what? I mean, I didn't see. I gotta see it. I don't know, but like, it's so bad. It's good. I mean, a Sharknado. Like all you gotta say is Sharknado. I think bad for good is really hard to do. I think aiming at that target and coming up, coming up with gold when you're shooting for shit is pretty difficult. Uh, like construct. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to go into something and be like, oh, this is falling apart. This is gonna be terrible, and then nobody sees it. But like I think, coming I, out of the gate, Ian Zeering, hey, we've got this project. It's going to be sharks and a tornado. And we want you to star in it. What do you think? Oh, he's, he's all. Like, yeah, I, have, he, I haven't worked he, in 25 years. Of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. He looked at his bank account and he's like, $50,000 sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I get uh, whatever points on the back end, if that's even a thing in Sharknado. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they, they'll sign you on for three more Sharknados. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I, – I, yeah, you probably can't go into it thinking that. You, I mean, maybe they – they're like because they just make those movies in Bulgaria or whatever for the Sci-Fi Channel, mm-hmm. and they just go, I don't know, whatever. We'll just put it out there. It looks like fun. You know, <laughs> it's like Croctopus or, or, yeah. or anything, you know, anything. Like there's people that just – I don't have that to watch. I don't have it in me. Maybe I, I used to. Like when I was first starting in, in visual effects and animation, uh, me and my buddy Tom would watch anything and everything that had effects in it, mm-hmm. no matter what it was. You know, Tremors 3, 
yeah. uh, what, like anything. Yeah. And like at a certain point I, I lost that. And I wish I didn't because like maybe I just became more of a, a picky asshole. Um, but I, I wish I could just watch anything and everything, Yeah. you know, because there's people that do and then, you know, then they know everything. <laughs> like it's, well, I think I mean, it's I better remember to that know. State. I remember just like everything, consuming. just consuming mm-hmm. everything. And it gets hard. I mean, it gets hard after you've been doing it for a while. Because when, did you, when did you start uh, doing animation? Um, 2005? 2007. Okay. 2007. 2005 or 2007? When you like first found software and first started Oh, doing dude. It. First found software so probably 1993. Okay. Yeah. That's about 1993. Right. Yeah. 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 That's. I mean, that's when I was first exposed to it. I started... Yeah. I, I started... Um, I mean, it like, what are we talking about? Because we used to on a two eighty six, we used to have this program called Morph, that would mm-hmm. it would morph from one picture from the to the other picture. You'd pick sl- spline points. Yeah, I, I think I had that. I and had it would ta- like it that. would take like four days to do twenty four <laughs> frames on a black and white. You know, like uh-huh. I'm talking like two hundred fifty six by two hundred fifty six pixels. It would take like four days to like blend between the two of them. Yeah, it's great. On a 286, and we thought it was the coolest. Yeah. And then uh, on a 486, I used to program and see pixel by pixel. I used to draw on uh, graph paper, uh-huh. like what right. I wanted to, and then I used to plot the pixels. You know, this is like X16, right. yeah. Y, you know, um, for like little graphics. And then I'd, I'd swap between the two frames, you know, <laughs> right. to like have the little like dude dance or whatever. Yeah, but well, um, hard harder core stuff. Probably, I think uh, like nineteen. I think nineteen ninety seven. I got like a Pentium. T- I got like a, a diesel computer to go to college with, right. and um, <clears throat> on that I was I was like messing around with Bryce and stuff like that. And I had a yeah. buddy that worked at Bethesda Softworks that was like a couple years younger than me, and um, he's uh, he's like multimillionaire now. But he oh. he said to me. Um, I was like, can you get, I, I had heard about Bryce on like forums and stuff. And I was like, can you give me a copy of Bryce? He's like, you don't want to use Bryce, man. You don't want to use Bryce. Here, use this. And he got like, he gave me like a commercial copy of Maya. Mm-hmm. And this kid just would just do that. You know, like you'd be like, I need a MIDI keyboard. And he'd be like, I have three. Which one do you want? <laughs> you know, just super generous. But so he gave me like Maya three. Mm-hmm. And it was the first, it was the first computer program I'd ever used where I was like, holy shit, I need to buy a book. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing for like a month. I didn't know what any of the buttons did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah. I mean, I, I um, uh, in high school, uh, my, the first guy, because like I, I had to, I, I grew up in Ojai, and I had to transfer. I, I was supposed to go to a Ventura school, um, but I didn't want to do that because I already did that for junior high. And like, I feel like I probably would have got stabbed or (laughs) beat up or something (laughs) if I kept going that way. And I wanted to like go to Nordoff, which is in Ojai. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first guy I met there because he was, you know, in in PE was this guy, Tom McDougal, who uh, he was wearing a Primus shirt and like a Stussy hat or something. Yeah. And I was like, you're cool. (laughs) (laughs) You're with me. Um and we became friends and, you know, I was a musician as well. I played bass and he played guitar, introduced me to like, you know, my, one of my best friends, Richard Shea, who plays drums and Scott Blaine who played guitar. 
started a metal band with them uh, called the D minus players. But then like on weekends and stuff, I would go over to Tom's house and his dad, Brandon McDougal uh, was a, um, he modeled uh, spaceships of the, you know, ship of the week for Star Trek Voyager and deep space nine. So, and sometimes he'd work from home. Sometimes he'd commute to foundation imaging in, in Valencia. Um, and I would just watch them do this stuff. And like Tom was like building like a submarine for like, um, he made, we had to do a short film or like whatever, like anything in, um, like a short in, um, we had an oceanology class. So he did like cool. in light wave, like, like a, a submarine going underwater. And I, I can't remember if it was like a squid or an octopus or something like chasing after it was called submersibles, submersibles journey. Submersible? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. Submersible. Submersible's journey. And I was just like, oh, man, this is so cool. <laughs> and, like, his dad, like, got me um, a copy of Imagine, which is, like, low, low, like, you know, early, early yeah. 3D. And, like, taught me how to, like, lathe a wine glass, like, spit, like, make right. plot points and then lathe. Yeah. And I was like, I made a wine glass <laughs> for nobody to drink out of. <laughs> and uh yeah and i started fooling around and then i think like you know i went to santa barbara city college and started i was doing um sound engineering stuff like um mixing sound i mean it was like a sound program it was like a multimedia for sound That's program so cool. it was it was super cool like i got to like record symphony concerts like hang mics and catwalks and stuff and like go to like churches and record and then i i worked in the school um like the audio lab um so like rolling up cables and like helping people if midi cut out on their apple whatever computers mm -hmm. and i would just read like lightwave books and anatomy but i was working at lake casitas too so i'd sit in this gatehouse like check people in for camping and day use, but I would like just like draw and like read anatomy books and read all these like light wave manuals and stuff. And like, and then my buddy Tom was either going to get, he was either going to get a job at foundation working on mystic nights of Tiernanog, which is a wow. Saban, a Saban show. <laughs> um, it's basic. It was like power Rangers, but medieval, like, you know, characters that like they're yeah. <laughs> like they each have an element, yeah. you know, like air around me, yeah. earth below me, yeah. air, whatever. Um, Turns out that's pretty successful. Water around me. Yeah. And so he was like, he, he, or he was going to go to CalArts. So he, he was, I was, he made the wise choice of not paying a shit ton of money and just started working. Right. So I was right. like, I'll move out there to Valencia with you. Like, I don't care. I'll quit. I quit school in like 98. Mm -hmm. I had one more semester to go before I got a associate's degree in multimedia for sound, which is like <laughs> a piece of paper <laughs> with a piece, like just like a piece of paper and like a piece of white bread. It's like, yeah. what is that for? Yeah. I don't know. But, um, so I moved out and like waited tables for like three months at Maria's Italian kitchen in Valencia Nice in the dead of summer. Ooh. And like when you start out as a waiter, Valencia. So people know Valencia, like when you watch Edward Scissorhand, and there's like a neighborhood where all of the houses are the same, or like Weeds when they sing the song about like right. tiny boxes. 
like that's Valencia. That's where Magic Mountain is. Like when you go to the top of the highest ride and you look around, and you just see like desert. Yeah, it's just and then des- it's hot, hot desert, hot and mountain, you know that desert. there's just like stuntmen and police that live there. Yeah, and like and <laughs> and all of their like fake titted wives and <laughs> mothers that try to look like their daughters. And like dress like in hot like rhinestone butt jeans. Ooh. Anyway, it's great. Ooh. It's a beautiful place. Um, L.A. suburbs. Yeah. So then I got a job at Foundation, um, like September of '98. So it was like three months of of like wearing a tie, and a shirt and an apron, and like upselling you iced tea, mm-hmm. and you know whatever dessert. <laughs> like I had to go to a fucking. I had to go to like a class. To, to watch slides of food, and they're all, this is an eggplant parmesan. It's got this type of cheese, and it's got this. And I'm like, I'm watching slides of food? Like, what? Uh, it's brutal. <laughs> brutal. Brutal. And, uh, and yeah, so I got a job as a tape operator, and I was like, cloud nine. I couldn't even believe I got a job. Yeah. You know? Um, what do you do as a tape operator? I... Um, I had a few jobs. I had I, so we were working on uh, Mystic Knights of Chernanog <laughs> and uh, Star Trek Voyager Deep Space Nine and maybe like a couple other like little ancillary projects. So I would take the big um, three quarter tapes, import import um, like the rough footage for uh, for the animators to like kind of temp in their effects and stuff and then like i would also like put the plates like that they would ftp paramount would ftp the plates over to us for the visual effects and i would put them on the system and categorize them and stuff or i would take uh when whenever an animator was like done with a shot we had a pv you know a pvr machine it was just like a, it was like, like a, a cap- cycle yeah it was like yeah. it was like a capture like station you know or a capture machine or whatever and uh i would PVR or par up the their shots so that when like the supervisors from Paramount or whatever came in, I would make a playlist of like here's all the new shots and and I would like pull my headphone off my ear and like listen to their critiques and stuff to kind of hear like just buzzwords of what you know what these people were looking for and yeah. what you know and uh, so luckily even though I was like low man on the totem pole, I got to shadow a lot of you know, visual effects artists and a lot of, a lot of people were cool with me, like doing stuff on my own time there, you know, in between my duties. And, um, and also like, uh, I would just keep doing stuff at home and I did enough animation tests to where when we got Starship Troopers, the animated series or Roughnecks, whatever, um, I like jumped at the chance and I animated a bunch of like some lip sync, mm-hmm. a, a a warrior bug like walking and dying, you know, just to show that like I can sort of make things move around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Kevin Kipper, who I owe a lot to, um, put me on Gold Team. So there were like four different teams, three or four different teams, um, basically like we have now, but like we we do it all there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was my first animation job. Cool. Know, I was doing on on that and motion doing my own motion capture i would get in the suit sometimes you know whatever and and uh how did you get from there over to nick what started you um i my buddy i i I made friends with uh a guy named john soar Mm -hmm. um 
and and I mean, and, and a couple of the guys, Hansi Tang, um, and uh, I don't know. So John left Foundation to start. He like interviewed for this position over at Nickelodeon. Like they wanted to start a digital group. Mm-hmm. So this was like, he must have did that in 99? Um, like when they were doing Invader Zim. So okay. it was basically like a unit dedicated to Invader Zim mm-hmm. and whatever ancillary projects would come in. Like, so they would do stuff for Fairly Odd Parents or um, like Jimmy Neutron or anything. Like they would, um, they would get all, they would get the work. So it was like five or six guys. And I just, um, Foundation was kind of like, it was just like 2001. Foundation was was closing their doors. Um, I got laid off, and um, luckily I was living in Ventura and for like three hundred bucks a month. So I was I was on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. I was like I, I get to take time off. This is great. Yeah. And I worked on a <laughs> worked on a a, a directed video a Christian sp- like story called Wobots. Wobots. Uh, yeah, Wobots. It was like this this character. Who, who who couldn't put out his awas and and was paired up with these robots to save Christmas <laughs> from something. <laughs> <laughs> and so I worked on that freelance. Why are the Christians always saving Christmas. I don't well because it's always under attack. Yeah, it's it, it like <laughs> it's going away. Christmas is going away. Could you imagine <laughs> if it did? Holy shit! Everybody would be so much happier. <laughs> the country was just shut down. Well, it would just be like a normal day. It's just like, well, just have some turkey or ham or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I begged. I begged. to. I was like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to get in there. And I'd, sometimes I'd work one day a week, two days a week. Mm-hmm. And I started on these Jimmy Neutron. Um, they were like promos for the movie. So I would, I would light. I would do some After Effects stuff. I didn't, I didn't animate yet, but I just would do anything. And... Um, they got this project for um, the Kids' Choice Awards. So this was like 2000, early 2002. Um, and John hired me to supervise or to work on these things. And, and I kind of became, he, he kind of made me a supervisor early on, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked on uh, like a Kids' Choice Awards like thing. Um, and then um, there was a big job for Fairly Odd Parents. Um, this episode called Information Stupor Highway, mm-hmm. where we needed to do all these like 3D backgrounds. It was kind of like Tron like kind of stuff. So I supervised all of those like backgrounds and whatever effects. Fairly Odd Parents been going on for that long? Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's been going on for like I don't know, fourteen wow. years. I had no idea. Yeah, it's it's wow. yeah. Like SpongeBob. SpongeBob's when was that? Ninety. I mean, we used to watch SpongeBob in college, you know. It was like, it was like what, 95, 96? Yeah. I don't know when it started. But, I mean, yeah, all those shows have been around forever. Crazy. But, um, and then we got a big job. Um, it was a ride film for Jimmy Neutron. It was like a um, Jimmy Neutron uh, Nicktoon Blast mm-hmm. thing where it was a mixture of 3D and 2D. Um, and that was that was a lot of fun. So I kind of, I, I did a lot of previews for that and... Um, and then, and then, so like, it looked like at, at that time, this is like 2002, 2003. Yeah. 2003. Um, we were up to like 80, 85 people. Like we had that whole upper level where like all the executives are now, like that was right, all right. this ride film. Um, and 
I kept hearing rumors that like, there's not another job after this. It's all, you know, we're all kind of going away. So like the whole department, I went down to like one guy. Um, and I, my, my very first boss at foundation texted me or whatever, ICQ'd me. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> it was back then. And he's like, do you want to come work on Freddy versus Jason? And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. There's no, like, there was no thought. Right. It was right. just like, yes. Yeah. It's like, do you want a hot dog? Yes. Yeah. Um, cause I, I was a huge horror fan as a kid. I, you know, I'd watch anything and everything. I would watch any Friday the 13th or nightmare on Elm street. I had like Fangoria magazine. I had like a, you know, like a poster of like a guy with no skin on my wall right, when right. I was a kid. And like my mom didn't care. You know, and then you flip it around and it's Freddy. And I had to like take him down when my grandparents came because they can't look at (laughs) Christian old people can't look at a a picture of a guy with no skin (laughs) on your wall. Um, So, yeah, I I worked at this place, uh, um, Pixel Magic, for about a year and got to work on like five or so B movies. It was great. Cool. You know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Looney Tunes, Back in Action, Exorcist, The Beginning. Which I don't know, my brain, I wants to call it Exorcist Down Under, but that's not what it's called. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and I got to animate and I got to do, I mean, it was it was great. It was so much fun. You did that shot in The Exorcist where there's just like uh, the dead like bo- the field of dead yeah, bodies. Yeah, I yeah. helped out on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a lot of tracking and a lot of like stuff. I did like these crows and I did these like soldiers that are just like barely dying. And yeah. It was fun. It was super fun. And then I worked at um, uh, Digital Domain. It took like six months off though, um, and just got high, and snowboarded mm-hmm. and cleaned the pool, mm-hmm. like and uh, like did some freelance stuff. But like really, I did, and played bass. I played bass like every night. There was like this time in my life where I was like super frustrated with how I was a bass. Like I was like, oh man, you suck. You suck at bass player. Like <laughs> like even though it's not my job, but I just I love it so much. Yeah. So I started learning funk and and like teaching myself like slap technique and finger funk and all that stuff and like so it it's like I, I i was spending all of my life like we're you know like this is before improv and all that stuff mm-hmm. so i was like spending all my life like being so 3d focused and and career focused which is great i think you have to but then like this other part of me was like dying like the real person was dying yeah you know yeah. that's a little dramatic but so I was like, yeah, I'm going to figure out who I am as a man and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, like how to really play bass and how to really <laughs> smoke pot and how to really like open my mind. And, and, and right. I started, you know, I like wrote some, I did stand up a couple times. How old were you at the time? Mm, was I 24, 25? 24, 25. Something like that. Like right in that spot where you're like, God, 30s coming. And, you know. I gotta figure this out, dude. That's right when I quit uh, working at PwC. Right. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go make visual effects. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, just, it, at twenty five, you just kind of like break from whatever you're doing. Yeah, you break down. And you're like, oh shit. You're like, what am I doing? Yeah. But at least I'm at least I'm working. It's like it's like such a stupid problem to have. You're like, God, I'm an animator and I'm a visual effects artist. This is weird. And you're like, right, right, right. Yeah, but. <laughs> You know, but it's it's like the kind of same thing where it's like, oh, you know, I was a stockbroker, I was a real estate agent, or whatever, and then yeah. I, I quit that, and now I juggle, right? right, right and right. like, I found my passion is juggling, you know, <laughs> or, or like I do ventriloquism and I work on a boat now. 
um, whatever it is, whatever it is, you got you got to go figure it out. I mean, yeah. it's animation still my thing, and I'm and I'm I'm lucky to have. I'm very like, uh, it, you know, it's an it's an honor to be able to do it every day. You know, um, I hate that we're blessed. Blessed, yeah, because it's like some mandate from yeah. From, it's from such the a weird man like, with the beard in the sky. We're just blessed. And you're like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not anything. You well, are. Some, sometimes, if you know, it's important to remember because sometimes I get like down on it. You know, just because it's so it's so norm for us. And right. Um, one day when we were in the old building, uh, I had to like print something out. So on a Saturday. Uh, Jordan and I went to the building to like print something out and she's walking around the office. She's like, this is where you work. This is so cool. And I'm like, really? And she's like, look at these posters, these posters. I wish my office had posters. And I was like, you don't have an office. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, if I did, I wanted to be here. This is awesome. You know, I'm like, you know what? This is pretty, pretty damn cool. You know what? Animation (laughs) is cool. I just, I lose sight sometimes. It depends on how many friends you have that have kids. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I think, I think like the new, the new thing is like, okay, now like, you know, what do you, what do you do with all of that knowledge? You know, mm. it's like, you know, I, I, I want to get into, I mean like, you know, producing fanboy was, was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Yeah, you know, great. like I, I yeah. loved it. Um, and you know, once, once I got the taste for it, I was like, Oh, I want to do this. You know, I just like to make things happen, yeah. you know, and, and to yeah. like, be involved in the story process and all that stuff. And like, that's, that's really when like all the improv and, and all the writing and all the animation, every storyboard I've ever looked at, every piece of animation I've ever done, ever, like all of that knowledge and any visual effects, anything, mm-hmm. it all came together Yeah. at that point. And that was, that, that's what was exciting for me is like, you get, you, you get to make a decision based on everything you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sounds weird, but um, you know, in well, Turtles right now, I don't get to do that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be working on it, but I, I don't get to do that. And mm-hmm. and like, and it, it took a while to realize why, why I don't feel as fulfilled on it because I don't, I don't get, you know, I don't sit there and go, oh, well, maybe, maybe they should do this in the story, or maybe this joke, or maybe we do it like this, or whatever. It's like, you know. Yeah, that's what I want to. Well, get I mean, it's super rare to find yourself in a position where you look back. You know, I know it's only happened to me a couple times in my life where I look back across my life, and even even the bad stuff that's happened to you, you kind of everything clicks, and you're like, oh, I couldn't be here unless yeah. all of that stuff had happened, yeah. good and bad. And then right. you're like, oh, it was all for a reason. I'm my ultimate self doing this. Oh yeah, know? yeah, no. It, and so to like get to do that and then have to backtrack is kind of. Yeah. No. Yeah. But you know. But. Uh, the way the the thing I'm thinking about now is like I just watched this documentary yesterday while I was working. Um, what was it called? Uh, Please subscribe. Have you heard of this? No. Nah. I don't know if it's new on on Netflix, but uh, it's about YouTube stars. You know. Cool. And 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 all of them. I was gonna bring this up earlier about when you said like, oh, do I want to? You know, why do I make this podcast? Why? Yeah. You know, whatever. It's like these people who are probably making six figures just waking up every day, turning on the camera going, and and going, I like ice cream and smashing ice cream in your face. 
there's four million people watching that or four million people <laughs> like whatever and like fuck me for not doing like for not for hating on that yeah you know but like you it's it's you know so you you hear about with these people just like this one girl just like oh she was talking to her friend and she goes oh i miss when you're drunk cooking and you're um, in your house, and she goes, "I'll make you a drunk cooking video right now." Gets drunk, makes a cooking video, <laughs> probably smushes ice cream in her face, and then puts that on YouTube, and then just like goes about her day, wakes up, and she's famous. Not like that, but you know, yeah. it's like all these people are like passing on, like, "Oh my god, this girl's cooking and she's drunk." Yeah, and like same with like the guy, you know, like all these dudes, like who's that guy, like Fred or something, and he, I think he just yells. At the camera, like oh, it's like know. a Nickelodeon dude. Oh, I don't know. Who just yells and now he's famous? Really? Yeah. And you know, and not that you want to like. Well, I can make a, a YouTube channel where I just like. Well, if you yell shoot, if like, you shoot for that target, you're gonna miss because the target's moved. You know, right. like you can't go do a drunk cooking video now. You well, know, it's yeah, like, it's I would of, feel like a real asshole. Well, like, just, well this is my <laughs> drunk cooking. Video. Look how I get drunk. I get whiskey drunk, not wine drunk. <laughs> and I make hearty meals i like take tyson dinners and yeah. i remake them yeah. with real ingredients <laughs> maybe that's my thing I'm like i'm making hungry man dinners um but yeah but it, but, but it's something like the thing that i struggle with is like putting myself out there trying to say like yeah. here i am yeah use me however you want mm -hmm. like it's like i i want to be invited to the prom i don't want to like put on a mini skirt, push my tits up, yeah. do my hair, do my makeup and and then like have all these people flock to me. Yeah. Which is stupid, you know, because if you're under a rock, no one's going to like turn over the rock, put their finger under your chin and go, "You. You yeah, get you to come do, over. You I get mean, to be famous now." You like have, I mean, you have to yeah, you got to do the work. You have to do the work. So I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm looking for the next the next thing to do, and I think I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm actually Monday. I'm gonna start doing stand up class. Good. Which sounds stupid, um, but it's just a springboard. I'm not that sitting there sound going stupid, dude. Yeah, I'm not. But it, like, it, there's a difference. Like, I understand a joke. I'm just. I just need to go work out. Basically, I need to go yeah. and like present some jokes to some people that never met and then like it's workshop this, them and then go do yeah, it. It's the same know? thing you were talking about earlier. I think like stand up is literally just you write down everything you think is funny until you right. go on stage and then you just eat shit 90% of the yeah, time that's, and then that's you great. work through the 10%. Yeah. I don't, you know? I don't care about failing. Like I've, I've done improv shows where there's more people on stage than in the audience. Mm -hmm. If there's four people on stage and two people in the audience, <laughs> oh, you're humbled as fuck. Like you're not, like you're not, like I would rather fail in front of like fifty people than fail in front of two. Yeah, it's so weird. Like the fifty people are at least gonna talk about. Like it. I, I would rather us like stop doing a show and just turn to the audience and go, "Can we just talk to you? Like, what do you want? Like, what, do you want like, what do you want to do? I think I've done, I've done that before. I've totally done that in a scene where I just go." What do you guys want to see? <laughs> like, is this funny totally, for you? I've is totally it? done that. I know I've done that. Like for like you know six or eight people in the on the iOS main stage at eleven o'clock mm -hmm. on a on a Sunday or something, yeah. and just go. I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> and and just turn and go. All right, who are, who are we to each other? All right, you guys are two garbage men in a Starbucks, and I go. That sounds perfect. Here's that scene. 
like who cares you yeah. know i mean like you know elaine, elaine may and mike nichols who were like you know the the, the most like uh, their improv was so great but they also started from a premise if you hear some of their tape, you know who they are. Uh, so Mike Nichols like directed The Graduate and like, oh, okay. and they were and they were just a con- they were just like, the like the darlings of improv and like to each other and they had some of the funniest, tightest, tightest bits. Uh-huh. And they would they would start out a premise going, I'm you're a, you're my mother and I'm um, I'm a, I'm your son who's telling you that I want to be um, a nurse. Not like I want to be a doctor when I grow up. It's like I want to be a registered nurse, mm-hmm. and you can hear them just like cracking up over that. And then they play out that scenario, so you're like, "Oh, you can plan a little bit, you know. You can go, hey, like, you know, like I've done that on the wings before. We to like go, hey man, come out and just be my daughter and just watch. And they go, okay, yeah. And you can go out. They don't know what you're gonna say. They don't know what you're gonna do. But like, you know, you can you can plan a little bit. I don't know what my whole point was. <laughs> but I think well whatever I think it's failing and not giving a shit about failing yeah yeah you know, yeah yeah, the, yeah. so it's like thing, it's like you know? you know the first the second time I ever did I did stand up I um I was in front my my friend's band was playing at the Deer Lodge in Ojai on um on New Year's um I forget exactly what year I'm gonna guess like 04 and I was like because I, I did the first time, the first, like, I, like they played a gig there, and I did stand-up. And I think the first time out of the gate, I did 15 minutes. Whoa. Which is like, hey, I, hey I'm going to run a marathon, and I have not trained. Right. Like, yeah. that's, I think, the comedy equivalent. Like, they're like, oh, you know, like, usually they're like, do three minutes. When you do three minutes, do five minutes. If you've got five minutes, work on your seven minutes or whatever. Like, it's like totally, a gradual yeah. thing. But yeah. I was just all, nope, going for it. Yeah. Which, the first time was fine. Um it was it was a mess, but it was fine. Second time, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking. I was up against the worst situation ever. New Year's in a bar, on stage, trying to get people's attention to listen to jokes just after they've heard some rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your fucking mind? That's like that's like doing improv in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Like like well <laughs> like you're like trying to get people's attention, and all you hear is like the clanking of bowls. You know, and like plates. People are just picking up takeout. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, ah, that, that, that. like, 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 so like people were yelling, talking over me. Like my first bit, I was, I can't remember the joke, but I was setting up my first bit and this dude, like I had a captive, like everybody was like turned towards me for the most part. And this guy in the back just goes, hurry up. <laughs> and I was, and I looked over and I go, yeah, you could fucking leave. <laughs> And my brother and everybody booed this dude and his girlfriend out of the bar. Oh, they le- actually left, and I had this little like, yeah, yeah, like I just got, I just made a guy leave <laughs> before the ball drops, before he can kiss her in the bar that he came to, and he had to listen to my shitty stand up, and he tells, hurry up, like he heckles me, and yeah. I, and like I don't know, whatever, I should have just, I don't know what I should have done, but I did that, whatever. <laughs> And I kept going, and this is all on tape. I don't know if the tape still exists. My buddy Richard recorded it, and I was like, "I've watched it once." You gotta find the tape. Man. I don't know. It's so painful. Tape, it's like that's the thing that like, gets you four million hits. Oh man! <laughs> it's a, a yeah, it's like, it's like watch a guy in a green sweater epically fail on Just stage. Shit on New Year's, like ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
And like the oh, there's a point on the tape where I think I I think I was up there. The biggest laugh I got was when I like stopped doing my material. That was the thing I should have done. It's like just stop doing material. Like don't go to your material. Just start riffing and mm-hmm. then just get out of there. Yeah. Like I didn't have any improv knowledge. I had no no knowledge whatsoever. I just was like stubborn and like I'm just gonna keep doing my material. I wrote this. I gotta say it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like no <laughs> way, no way. So at one point I was like, yeah, my New Year's resolution is to never do this again, because like this girl like walks in front of the stage and she just goes, "Where's Kiki? Where's <laughs> Kiki?" Like after like she tries to like hand me drunkenly like hand me a beer and I was just like, oh my god. That's one you of can the five. See on my that's face. one of the five characters, man. Oh, Kiki. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where's Kiki girl? Hey, where's Kiki girl? Where's Kiki? Um, that'll I've seen up. like uh, three people on Saturday Night Live do that character. Oh yeah, where's Kiki? You know, like <laughs> oh, the drunk girl in front of the weekend. Oh update yeah, 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 and, yeah. And just yeah. like shout at the camera and then walk away. It's a classic bit. Yeah. Um, and I, you could see on my face. Like I, I legitimately gave up. Like I just like, oh man, this is not working. <laughs> my mom's over there. My brother's there. All of my friends are there. Strangers are here. It's like this isn't working. And I just said, I think I said, fuck this. <laughs> I put the mic in the stand and I just walked off stage. And I walked right up to my mom and I was just like, I'm sorry. And she's like, what? You were good. good. And I was like. Don't talk to me. I was just like <laughs> inconsolable. Don't talk to me. Fuck everything. I was so mad. Yeah. I was so that I was like, "What are you mad about?" Like, like in retrospect, like, what were you mad about? Like, yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's like it, it's like interrupting, a like, like a wedding to do comedy or yeah. something. Like of people I didn't like. It was like, I. I was losing, like you were, I was losing. Yeah. Just lose. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like it's totally okay. And like, that was like one of the big, and then like, I don't know. It's like 11 years go by, 12 years go by. And like, I'm finally ready to take back, go back on stage. Like it's so stupid. It's the (laughs) dumbest thing ever, but. Dude, you're going to be really successful at it. I think Uh, think as soon as you go on, like, well, I'll show up. All right. I hope so. I mean, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's just the work, man. That stuff is like, it's, it's loss of ego. You don't give a shit about the fear. You don't give a mm-hmm. shit about like eating it on stage and then, and you just do it. Yeah. You just you do know, it. You just do it. And then you've got enough material that like, every, you know, it's every, funny. every comic has those, um, those horror stories of, oh man, I bond, I, uh, you know, yeah. like these people interrupted me and whatever. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe all that training and all that stuff, like is it enables me not to care. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's a great place to be. I and mean, there's certain people that are like, they're precious about their bits. They always, you know, it's like whatever, but, but if you make it more conversational and you make it more of like, this is just you, then, then how can you fail? Like, how can you, yeah. How can you fail just talking about what you believe in and what you think, Yeah, you know? And yeah. even if somebody interrupts you, that doesn't. That shouldn't throw you off to a point where you've got to like yell them out of the club or curse them or whatever. It's like maybe you can just talk to them for the next two minutes. It would, and be. it's funny, and they don't. You know, they walk away with it going, "Well, I'm a drunk idiot and I interrupted, but it actually turned out to be funny." I mean, if they're malicious, you know, I think. Yeah. My friend Katie just had hecklers the other night at Flappers, 
and like it sounded horrible um but no like the, the did she the, shut him down uh, I don't think she was able she had like she like That's had this thing gotta, in retrospect of like what she should have said but like the but light, you gotta do that for like a decade right you gotta like have that those conversations with yourself after the fact for a decade and then yeah. like somebody does it on stage and you're like oh there it is option number three right boom but even like Bill Burr talks about like he's like oh I realized that um from one of his buddies like I can't remember who it was but like somebody started talking during the show and he just goes, what, what were you saying? And they were like, Oh, we were just talking about how funny you were. We we're just talking about the bit. And he goes, Oh, okay. And just like keeps mm-hmm. going rather than like, Oh, I got to shut that guy down. Right. And go, right, what right. the fuck are you talking? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and like jumping on them right then and there. It's like, there's a lesson to be learned in that. Maybe people are just going, Hey, I got to go to the bathroom or give me a Heineken right. or whatever. Right. And they're not trying to be rude, but you know, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I, I it depends think, on how sensitive you I are think, out there on stage, too. You know, right? And if you're if you're taping a special or something, I could see where you're like, oh man, yeah. Now this is on my special, or whatever. But not you, that I'm gonna I have mean, that, that problem. You, but it's like you pick your audience. You know, if you're doing a special, yeah, probably. You know, but um, I don't know. It, it, I you just gotta. I mean, the point is, you just gotta do it. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever you just, it is, you just have to do it. You just have to figure you're gonna you're gonna eat it for a while yeah but it, but that's that's a learning process in any art you know it's like yeah, it's like people that that say like oh i can't play drums i don't have a yeah. rhythm or i could never play guitar i can never whatever it's like you don't want to say you don't want to yeah that's fine to say you yeah. don't want to because if you want to you will You'll pick up it. a guitar yeah. or a piano or whatever and go do it if you don't if you if you truly don't have it in you like i don't have it in me to be a mathematician and an astronaut. Yeah. I don't have that in me. Yeah. Like, but I don't try. Right. Right. <laughs> I, right. I like, but if you like, you know, like I played drums, I bought an electronic drum set and I played every night f- for years. Like just like every, I made it a point every night. And like, I got down to like, I would <clears throat> um, just put on a metronome and go one limb at a time. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's like, and just sit there and go tick 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 until I understood until my body could really keep time and really do that and down to just a really simple beat. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have been able to do it all the complex stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have oh, you yeah, have yeah. to take it from ground from from zero. It's like when I was a kid, my biggest regret because I wish I could draw better than I do, which I can't really draw that well. But I I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to intellectualize it more about circles and, you know, I took like one um, life drawing class Mm -hmm. and just the stuff that I learned in that one life drawing class of like, Ooh, draw around the form. I was like, Oh, draw around the form. I never really heard that or really like thought about that and like overlapping lines and, and how that suggests a muscle and how that suggests whatever. Um, But like when I was a kid, I'd get the book. I would always like check out the same like how to draw Hanna Barbera right, right. cartoons, mm-hmm. and I, and to draw Dino, I would never draw the circles, and I would never draw the lines you or just the cylinders. The last I'd skip to the very last that. picture yeah, yeah. and draw some god awful off model of you know yeah. Fred, Fred Flintstone, yeah, or whatever. And because I was in, I didn't understand like, oh, you can refine your drawing, right? Like not every, I mean, unless you're like amazing. Not 
the first drawing you do isn't always the correct one, you know? You're working I had out a, ideas. I had the same experience. I had a uh, painting instructor once, uh, drawing and painting, and like I could never draw. I could never draw anything. And like he sat down with me and he told me like there were like two or three different things that he told me right off the bat that just he like Picasso used to use an empty frame. He used to stick an empty frame frame up there, mm-hmm. and then you'd measure from the distance of the frame to where the thing was that you were drawing, and you'd like put a dot. Okay. And then you you just start putting dots all over the paper where you know you'd see the buildings or the corners of the buildings or like the na- where the negative space where the foreground meets the background. Like if he was like drawing an actual thing. Yeah, he would like look at a bridge and he'd okay. put an empty frame between him and the bridge. Mm-hmm. So as if he was looking at, and it tricks your mind into th- into thinking the three D is two D. Okay. So once you have a point of reference, then the frame becomes your canvas. So you can measure, oh, it's an inch from the top of the bridge to the top of the canvas. Mm-hmm. So I can measure an inch right here and put a right. dot. You know, and you're just like graphing yeah. dots where points are. And then you've got dots on your canvas. And you're like, oh, well, now I just have to like connect the lines. And I've got like the bridges in perfect perspective yeah. Yeah. based on this thing that I've got. Right. And I was just like, holy shit. And that's what a computer does. You know, it's yeah. just like ray tracing those points. And I was like, oh, like... There's no magic here. Right. There's just like being patient but and drawing we, dots. But, but the thing that we don't drawing see. drawing lines and then drawing. The way, the way I think about it too is like, like you don't, you never saw the Beatles practice. Right, right, like You right. never saw Led Zeppelin or anybody practice. Yeah. Like you have no fucking idea what they did daily. Yeah. You know, like, like drummers will sit there with like a kick pad and just go click, 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 click with their right leg so that they can go, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they're like punk beats or metal beats with one leg. Like we don't see that work. Yeah. You know, like you don't see the practice, you don't see all that stuff, but like, but for some reason when you go to do it and it sucks, then you stop doing it. Cause you're like, well, I can't do it, but you're not, you're not taking in consideration that you need to practice. Like, yeah. You know, I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Um, in an email because Ira Glass is like a one minute thing that's floating around on Facebook now where he says uh, like a creative person what is it a creative person's like taste is what separates them from from the people that don't do the creative projects because when you do something that first time and it's not as good as in your brain you go that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be I want it to be where I thought it was going to be. So you do it again. Right. And then it's not as good as you thought it was going to be. And you just keep moving along. And a regular person just gives up in the middle. You yeah. get to like, you know, you, you eat shit like 50 times and yeah. you're like, I'm done. My uh, One I'm of done. the best things uh, I ever heard, my friend Matt Stallings from high school. He's, he's now an illustrator. He does all those paintings that I have in my, like the, a lot of those paintings I have in my office, mm-hmm. you know, like those kind of like weird, <clears throat> like that, whatever. Um, ah, whatever. He does. He's, he's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we were talking one time. Remember, like, I think I was like, I was like buying a bunch of his art, and and he's like, I couldn't paint until I could. Right. Right. You know, because I, I was like, probably like, ah, man, I wish I could do this stuff or whatever. And he's like, you can't. I I couldn't do it until I could. Yeah. That just means I practiced, you idiot. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You you just paint it, you know, and like you would have reference and stuff. It's like. You know, he'd have like pictures of just like lips just like hanging up or like Mike Tyson's face right. or whatever. And like 
if you're able to look at it and and think what makes up that face, mm-hmm. you know, and then like pr- maybe you just practice drawing an eye, you just practice drawing the nose or whatever, and then like then you can put it together, you know, and then that carries on to the next thing. But if you don't, if you don't do it, there's no way in hell. And le- I don't know, unless there's like some you're like a prodigy or something like. Yeah, but I don't think those people are. I think they just look like a prodigy because they were sitting in the back of history class drawing in their textbooks. Yeah, or playing piano for 15 years, when they were you know? three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. You know, I mean. I asked Robles. I was like, where do you start? Where did you start with that? And he's like, you just sit down and you draw, draw a circle all yeah. year long. Yeah. Just yeah. draw nothing but a circle. Yeah. You know. Well, no, I, I see, I, no, but I see the value of it now. Because you need that muscle memory to do a, the stroke of a circle yeah. on paper, and you're going to do that like 50 million times in your life because yeah. everything is just the joining of these circles that you were talking about from the book, mm-hmm. from the Dino book, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's, yeah, it's like it's like everything, but once you, I think once you ha- you can accomplish one thing, like, like I, can, I can play the bass, you know, or I can play some drums, but I'm not phenomenal, but... I, I definitely started at point A, which was zero, and mm-hmm. then now I'm at point Z or, or whatever, Q. Yeah. And like, um, and I know that there is a process to it. And I, I, I don't not think that I, I'll never be able to draw. I'll never be able to draw if I don't draw, but yeah. I, I will be able to draw if I draw. Like, the, your, your body can do anything. Like, your body can exercise. Your body can oh, yeah. whatever. Like, you, you can learn stuff, and you can, you know, I, I know I'm sounding like a stupid hippie. No, guy, I mean, like, like uh, Golden used to say, like, I can't, I don't even, I'm not even going to start because I don't, I'll never be able to catch up. And I said, dude, if you want to draw, like, every every show we have, we have, uh, like, the storyboards are printed out. And they're, like, I don't know how many pages that is, but it's, like, mm-hmm. 150 pages of storyboards. And um, I was, like, if you take one of those home, and you spend every night for a month yeah. just copying the storyboards, I promise you can be able to draw all four of these characters by the end of the month. Yeah. Because all you got to do is you just got to do it every day for an hour. At least, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, when I when I was going crazy playing bass, I would do two hours a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would record myself playing. And then I, on my commute to work, driving from... Uh, Valencia to Venice, which is two hours in the morning, I'd listen to whatever I did. And some of it I liked and some of it made me cringe. And some of it, you know, it made me realize, oh, you need to play to a a drum, you know, like a click track or drums or whatever, because I'm not, I wasn't learning rhythm. Right. So once I, once I bent myself to, to, to just focusing on rhythm then everything else opened up. I was like, oh, well now, now sitting there in bed with headphones on, all lights out, you know, I was single at the time. So it <laughs> like, you can do anything when you're single. You're, you learn it. Like, you're just like, <laughs> not that I, 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 you know, I love having a fiance and everything, but when you're like, you could just like, you don't have I to was, go to bed when a, you're single. I was a nutcase. I was a nutcase. <laughs> I had this like beautiful little bungalow uh, in Burbank, and it was like it was my my little haven. It was great. I made an electronic drum set, play bass in bed, and just sit there and like eyes closed and just sit there and go doop 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 until you can go you know and play faster and in rhythm 
And then when you try to do your tricks and you try to do all that other complicated stuff, it works because you did this, you did the, yeah. you know, you took the time to do the other thing. But when I was doing comedy and stuff, or like when I was uh, at the Groundlings and whatever, like I would record my monologues and, and then put on headphones and walk for miles around the block at midnight or whenever and just listen and listen and listen and listen to me doing it. And that's how I'd memorize things so I could memorize my monologues or memorize mm -hmm. skets or skets, sketches, sketches, sketches. You know, but like it take I don't know. I think it take you have to be a nutball. You have to be a nutball. You, you have to be passionate about it. Yeah. You I have mean, to be passionate. That's what I always told people about uh, like visual effects or doing animation. You know, it's like at some point along the way, they're going to try to break you. Mm -hmm. At some point along the way, you're going to have to work like a, a 100 hour week. Yeah. And you're going to have to, you know, you're going to go through every night that week. You're going to go through, is this really something I want to do? Mm -hmm. And if you're asking yourself that question, like the answer is probably no. You know, you just kind of have to yeah. wade through those times. And when you come out the other side, you know, you know, if, if it's not something you love, you're not going to. Oh, yeah. No, I think I think like my work ethic started when I was 12, 13. I, I did. I washed cars and I did concrete work with mm. my friend. My friend's dad was a concrete contractor and I just loved being there. I'd, we'd, he, he would jackhammer. We'd get up at 5 or 4.30. Yeah. Go pick the, pick up the jackhammer at 5, 5.30. Drive to the drive site or, or the, the work site. And he would, you know, he would jackhammer a, a sidewalk. Me and my buddy Chris would throw the concrete in the back of the truck. Just making each other laugh. Yeah. We were stupid kids. I made 50 bucks. 10 hours. 50 bucks. Hard labor. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I got home and I was tired. Yeah. And I'm 12. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so, I, I loved working. I, and, and as soon as I could be a busboy, I did. My, I, I worked at Bacali's in Ojai. My brother got me the job. And I was like, oh, I just love it. My, I started on a Friday. Um, my brother was like, hey, man, we need a busboy tonight. Just come start working. The, the owners were out of town. And my brother brings me in. Gives me a shirt, goes to the head waitress and goes, this is my little brother. He's the new busboy. No training. <laughs> it's like when you see a dish, pick it up, put it in the tray, give it to these guys. Yeah. Those guys wash it and whatever. Like, yeah. just do whatever. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, I loved it. It was like, I, I just always had that. If you don't have that work ethic, then I think you're screwed. I mean, my work ethic isn't what it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, I guess you, you, you get to a point where you kind of relax a little bit and mm -hmm. you're like, uh, but, but you have to be able to realize that and know, okay, now it's time to work hard again. Now yeah. it's time to find that within you to go do it again. And like, like I want stand up or I want drawing or art or whatever yeah. to be the new thing. The thing I don't know right now. Yeah, and you I know. mean you've done enough stuff that way along the way with like it drums works. and bass and, and stuff improv. where you it, know it, it, that like it works. it works when you. I work mean, it, it, with improv, know? I would I I was nuts about that too. I would write down every funny story, or I would I would write like a line of like, <laughs> what a, uh, I almost gave away a big secret story. Um, that's a funny story, maybe for another time. But it's like 
you know, whatever situation is funny, I would just write that down. Mm. And so I'd have like books and stuff. I would record my improv classes. Mm. I would, I would, and listen to them. Like that's the other thing. Record yeah. and yeah. listen to it and go, oh, I see what he was saying. I see what yeah. he was saying. Or, and like li- listen to some of your sketches and see what's wrong with them. Uh, like I don't get those actors that don't watch their work. You know, like I, I, I mean, I, I totally I get, agree with that. Like I, totally I you know, I mean, you can't say shit about Michael Keaton, but he was like, oh, I haven't seen Beetlejuice in a while, and you're yeah. like, okay, or like, so like, why don't you, Johnny Depp? You should watch one of your fucking movies. Yeah, see that you're yeah. the same guy in every goddamn. Maybe you'll learn something yeah. instead of just being Johnny Depp. Watch one of your movies yeah. and see, like, oh well, Matt Hatter could have been better. <laughs> or yeah, that was totally. a weird take on uh, Willy Wonka, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like you have, you have to. Yeah. I feel like you have to. But I mean, I don't know. Whatever. But you, I think you have to be nuts about it. You have to. I mean, my twenties, I figured. Okay, I knew in elementary school I wasn't going to go to university. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, I've watched Revenge of the Nerds. I get it. Mm-hmm. If it's like that, that looks like fun. But I don't necessarily want that. Yeah. Like in my life, so going through high school and all that stuff like I just wanted to I just wanted to be creative. I just wanted mm-hmm. to worry every day, not worry, but like every day was like what am I going to do after school? Like my friend we made short films. We would make the du- the dumbest short films. Yeah. And and every day we would just play metal and and we yeah. would write songs together and we would sometimes make up new bands by switching instruments. And make a whole new band, yeah, or play a completely different type of music with the same guys, just and, experimenting with stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was so fun, yeah. and that's like that's all I want to get back to is yeah. is is just doing that because that I mean, if you can make your work fun, yeah, like the, you win, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, totally. I mean it's fun now, but like I feel like there's, you know, there's like another level to get to. Yeah, I feel like that too. I feel like, yeah, that's what it is. It's really a freedom thing, you know, because it's like doing, doing what you, doing what you do and what you love to do for a master versus doing what you do for yourself, you know? Yeah. No. And yeah, you have to, you have to. Um, But yeah, I mean, my twenties, like staying up till one, two in the morning, working on Starship Troopers. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was terrible. I was terrible at it. Um. But my boss was sitting right behind me, and I was like, I'm not leaving until he leaves. Right. You know, I think there was one time, I remember like, like I would learn lessons once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there was one lesson, he was like, I had like this this shot where the warrior bug like pops out of this like metal grate. And he goes, how are you going to do that? And I go, uh, I'm going to get a TD to do it. He goes, wrong answer. How are you going to do it? And I was like. Um, I'll cut up the geometry, make uh, a morph target. <laughs> they were called morph targets back then, mm-hmm. or a blend shape or whatever to split open the grate, and then the character pops out and he goes, "That's exactly how you're gonna do it." And I was like, "All right, well, lesson learned." That uh, and the same guy later in life, you know. So I was working on Looney Tunes, uh, working for the same guy, mm-hmm. and he goes, "What are you doing right now?" And I was like, "I'm actually kind of waiting on some stuff." And he goes, "All right," goes away comes back with blueprints and puts them on my desk and it's this Acme warehouse set extension. And I've never modeled, I've never made a set extension before in my life. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I need you to build this Acme warehouse. It's going to be like behind Brendan Fraser and Jenna Elfman in this like sequence. 
where they're all tied up and whatever. And I'm like, all right. And I went, my brain immediately went back to that lesson of you have to do it. Right. He will make you do it. Right. And you have to do it. Yeah. And I did it. I modeled it, textured it, lit it. Um, some people helped me comp it and everything. And that was cool. Um, but it did it, you know, and I'd never done it before, you know, and I've seen guys, I saw it worked with a lot of guys that would be like, I'm just an animator, man. Just an animator. Dude, people freak and, out. And I mean, that is, that's the takeaway is, uh, that's the lesson. And you better be a damn good Dude, I still have it, man. I'll get a list of shots and I'll look at some of the shots and I'll say, oh man, I don't want to do that one. So I'll start with this one, you mm -hmm. know? And it's just like, you can't do that. Yeah. So now I just make a list and I pick the next one on the list because it's like, whether you want to do it or not, like yeah. you do it, Yeah. you know? And no, yeah, yeah. I mean, the like, ones I, you don't, the ones you don't want to do are the ones that you end up learning stuff on. Right. You know, the ones yeah. that you that are challenging that like are worth your time to yeah. do anyway. So they just feeling that resistance inside yourself is like your signal. That's the thing you should be doing first. You right. Know? Or, you know, yeah, you know, there's like, I mean, it's, it's always scary going into the fog of not knowing, Yeah, you know, of like, Oh man, I, I like, I'll just sit there like and make a ton of mistakes mm -hmm. and just like, screw up go oh that wasn't the way to do it yeah. and and start completely over and i don't know it's, it's kind of the fun of it because like you know you just know that you're going to do it better and more efficiently the second or third or tenth time yeah that you do it i mean every every one of those shots i animated in league of extraordinary gentlemen i think i animated a, a, an average of between 10 and 20 times completely from scratch I mean, granted, it was just a floating knife, you know, yeah, that's that like yeah. was floating in air, but I still like, I would go down a path, look at it or the VFX supervisor look at it and go, I don't know. I don't like it. You know? And then yeah. you're like, all right, well, I'll just do it again yeah. and try it again. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I Who mean, that's the, that's the attitude you have to have. Uh, yeah. Anything think, else is I just. I think so. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think you just, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, it's shitty when you see people that aren't willing to do it. Yeah. And they're just closed off. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, why well, have people that have come back? There was a, like, uh, like three or four years ago, I had a friend of my cousin's like sent me an email and he was like, dude, I think the thing that I want to do is I want to do like, I want to be a Foley artist on movies. <laughs> He wants to snap of celery yeah, 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 yeah. and like have a bag of Wheaties, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, well, like, like people like going cantaloupes. And, yeah. You know? Right. And, uh, I said, You're to like, him, yeah, four people get to do that. And I was like, dude, <laughs> being a Foley artist on movies is really awesome. I have a friend at, uh, who works at universal who does that stuff. Oh really? Yeah. He worked on, he did like house the entire oh, time a house okay. was on when they were doing right. that stuff. So he did like half the sound effects in house. And, uh, I said, being a Foley artist is like a really cool job. And I was like, why don't you send me some of the stuff that you recorded when you were 15 walking through the woods and didn't have any friends? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, that's the guy you're competing with. I was like, you're in your mid-20s, and there are people that have just been recording sounds since they were, like, 15. Right. You yeah. know? They got just into like, it as a hobby. and Yeah, they wake up at 2.30 in the morning to, like, go out into the woods and to, like, record shit. Right. You know? and to mix like a walrus seal with like a dog bark and then you come up with a new creature for whatever yeah. Star Wars yeah. ass movie. Exactly. And I was like, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. So if that's something you want to do, I totally like, 
I'll help you any way I can, but you better get started. You're all, I'll listen to your sounds. Yeah. yeah Is mean, that a door creak? And they're yeah. like, I mean, I don't know how you get into that. I mean, I think that, like, that's what I realized when I was, uh, you have to do it. You yeah. have to do it and not get paid and not get listened to and not get watched yeah. for a decade. <laughs> yeah. That's what you yeah, have, you to, have do. to Yeah, you do. You do have to like, yeah. It's you like, have to go work for free for one of the three guys in the world that does right, that. Right, or get on student films, you know, yeah. and be like, I'll be your Foley artist yeah. and I don't care, you know, because maybe that person will become somebody and they go, well, I got my for a hundred for, for a hundred student films because there's going to yeah. be one guy in there that like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. You can't. Yeah. It's like saying, oh, I want to be a, I want to be a game level designer. Mm-hmm. And you're all, all right. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure Let one, me see you've one done so guy. Far. <laughs> <laughs> that's always my first question. Let yeah, me see so what you've done like so a, far. Like a square and then like a line and all that's lava. Yeah. <laughs> all, yeah. Okay. So there's lava there. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I don't know what goes into that, but I, I, I mean, that's what I'm going to say is like when I was in sound doing sound stuff, I, unless you had like an uncle or a friend or whatever that was doing it, right. then you could be their apprentice and then you can work, you know, you could work for cheap or free yeah. and then you can maybe move up when that guy dies right. or quits or retires or moves on or whatever. Like, like you need like one or sound, like a wedding to go to in another town. So he brings you in. Yeah. You or what, whatever your lucky break is the guy, you know, whatever. And let like, it's a calculated risk. Yeah. Like that's what I thought about with animation. Like there's animation jobs where you might need five guys, 20 guys, mm-hmm. 30 guys, 40 guys, you know, like, like foundation, we had like a hundred, I think we had maybe a hundred or so people. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good average or, or, or your odds are you're going to get a job yeah. if you know what you're doing. I mean, that was yeah. a lot of everybody's first job, but it's like, you know, if you want to be a costume designer, you better be the best goddamn costume yeah, designer yeah. ever because they need one, you know, yeah. they need one or a makeup artist or whatever. Like you usually have one and then you have like, you know, people that work under that person. Yeah. Like, and you have to be so good at it. Like they, I always tell people, you know, whatever you want to do, like, if, you know, if I like, if an intern's like, what do I need to do to get into the industry? You're like, be the best. Yeah. Be the best. It, like just look at your stuff, look at everything that you want to do and then try to be as good or better than that. Yeah. Cause if you're not doing that, that eh, chances are, you know, people are going to pass you by, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to try to be the best. Yeah. And if, you know, so if you want to do one of those little niche things, well, even, I mean, I, you know, and maybe it's not as hard as we make it out to be. There was this, uh, when we were doing, like, the zombie basement thing, they built, like, a basement set on a soundstage. And there was this, uh, there was this uh, woman named Chloe that was building all these set that was building these sets. And she laid down a floor. They needed a solution for the floor that mm-hmm. didn't look like the bottom of the soundstage, you know? Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, like they thought about bringing in like linoleum, but there wasn't a budget to go get linoleum. And like there was just there are all these little microscopic like decisions that get made. Mm -hmm. And she did this thing that was like that. I don't know what material was, but they laid down something and then they like painted it and then they like threw glitter in the paint and then they like uh, like shellacked. I don't know what it is, you know, like when you like the clear gloss. Oh, like a, uh, like a, a oh, um, like a, uh, not a veneer. No. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. 
uh, Any, the clear yeah. gloss that yeah. you put on yeah, a wood yes, floor. They just yes. put that over it, and yeah. this thing looked like it looked like lacquer. Lacquer, yeah, yeah. that's what it was <laughs> like. Uh, a basement from that '70s show. It looked exactly like it, and I said, "How did?" I was like, "This is a floor, but this isn't a floor. Like, how did you do this?" You know, and she was like, "Oh, well, you know, you just go through these steps." And I was like, "Where did you? Where did you learn how to do that?" And she was like, "Oh, well, you know, like, I worked with this guy who like taught me all of his little tricks, and then I worked with another guy who taught me all of his little tricks, and I worked with another guy who taught, taught me, you know, and it's just like it just adds up over time." So. Yeah. You start working for free, and then you learn a couple little tricks, and a couple little tricks, and a couple little tricks. It's learning the tricks and then and applying them. And then you're just them. like the go-to person. You it's know? like people, when you teach somebody something, all you want to do is have them like come back to you with their own result. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's all you want as a teacher. You just want to see it like applied. Yeah. You know, so if you see, it's like <clears throat> if you see, if like you want to learn something from somebody, and you teach them. And then they don't do it. You're like, whatever. I don't even want to like. I can't deal with. Like, I, I I can't do anything with you. Yeah. It's like, you know. But if it, but it's an. You're honoring that person by going. Okay, I just learned this cool trick, or I'm gonna do this thing, or whatever. Like, yeah, I wouldn't know to do that. But maybe if you had like a little. Oh, my dad was in construction, and I whatever. Like you have like. Yeah. Totally. You draw upon all these experiences. Yeah. And then you're, you know, you're able, you're able to pull something like that off. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think I know, know how to do that, but yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah. that's where it's at. I mean, like remember Rory, I, yeah. you know, like yeah. I gave that dude a chance because he did my homework assignment over Christmas break when we were on fanboy. Yeah. And I was like, here's a bunch of drawings. Here's the rigs. Take them home. If you compose these you know, if you compose these out and make them look like the drawing, then then you can help me do publicity stuff. Mm-hmm. And he did it, and I was like, "Congratulations, you're hired." Yeah, it was that easy. It's yeah. just like, you know, but it, it would have been shitty if he came. We came back from Christmas break, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't really get to you know, it. I tried, and I like uh, gave yeah, up." Yeah, this. Oh yeah, there was, there was like a big like you know, festival I went to, and I couldn't do right, it. And you're right. like, well. I can't do anything for you, you know, but like you did it and and that was great, you know. And you don't get a lot of those, you know, I mean, like you don't get a lot of those. So if you get like three of those in your lifetime, like you're doing pretty good. So when those chances, I mean, chances like that to like improve your career, to like get into a business that's a niche business, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And now now he's working at Disney, like basically doing the same thing, I think. I hope he's still working. Mm -hmm. But... You know, those people that squander opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get our interns that come to work, and then they, maybe you run into them in the kitchen, and you go, oh, the new intern. Like, what do you do? It's like, I like to do storyboarding. And you're all, really? Have you talked to any storyboard artists? Well, no. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, set up some meetings with some storyboard artists. Like, yeah. they're not yeah. monsters. Like, go talk to them. Go talk to directors. Like, draw something. Show them. We've get had people feedback. that have come through that have, like, just, that's all they do. You know, all they do is set up those meetings and all they, they want to talk to everybody. Yeah. And they wanna, yeah. yeah. And usually those people move on, but you know, but there, there's been a lot that it's like, you're inside Nickelodeon and you're in like you, now you, now you can run around and go talk yeah. to whoever you want. And if you don't do that and you're just like, thanks for the opportunity. I learned a lot about FileMaker and where to store things <laughs> on a server, you know? And, yeah. but, oh man, I don't get it. Yeah. But I don't know. Cool. We're going on time. 
Dude, we went for almost two hours. Holy smokes. That was almost two hours. Yeah. It was like well, an hour and 40 minutes, I well, think. Yeah, that's pretty, think. That's pretty, if that's pretty are, damn good. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, if people good. are still listening, I hope they are. Yeah. Um, Thanks for coming. How yeah. Was, how was that for uh, you? It was great. Yeah. I love, I mean, I'll, I'll talk all day yeah. about myself. Come back and do it again? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I will. Hopefully, uh, I'll I'll be in a better place mentally. No, be a no. uh, a comedian. I'll be a comedian. Stand, a stand-up week. comedian. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, you thanks for, for joining me. us. That was yeah. Jason Meyer. This is Podcast Nonsense. Um, say hi to us on Twitter. <laughs>